we're going to talk about rolling arrows today. This is Backhands and Compliments. I'm Miranda. And I'm Katie. Welcome back. Uh, we have had like such a long preamble to this because I, I think my theory is that like the notes agenda that we have for today is all stuff that Katie just desperately does not want to talk about. <laughs> and true. I think that she hacked into the mainframe of my computer and made my microphone not work. So we have jerry-rigged a method that I think my microphone is working and I can also hear Katie at the same time. So we're good, hopefully. Right? Hopefully. I can neither confirm nor deny whether I did that. It was either you or it was Novak Djokovic. I just think that that's like the power. Oh, Yeah. You know, it's probably Novak Djokovic. If it's not, he thinks it was him. Yeah, he mentally thought, this bitch is about to talk shit about me. I got to stop her. And yeah. you just thought about it and your your microphone went. Novak won Roland Garros. Uh, we have not talked about it yet, so we have to now. Um, he now mm. has 23 slams. He holds the men's slam record. He's tied with the women's slam record in the open era the caveat congrats i guess you know yay (laughs) so exciting more exciting casper rude made his third slam final and i am so (gasps) stoked for him like he needed this (laughs) he really did and you know what i really needed this Mm -hmm. you know my rolling girls highlight was making a rat bagel in the semis thank you casper i will always love you for that at the very least if anyone's listening to this for the first time like do you feel any need to translate rat bagel? Like, do you <laughs> do you want to make um, that vernacular so... make sense or no? <laughs> I, you know what? I'd love to because um, here's the thing. I, I retweeted a tweet about Zverev. And if you support Alexander Zverev, um, block me immediately. Unfollow. Get out of here. Don't want to speak to you. Rate five stars and then block. <laughs> I have the same sentiment here about Alexander Zverev. And so <laughs> we call him the rat. And we have a couple episodes where we discuss more in depth about what he's done. Basically, there's a lot of alleged. What he's done allegedly. Violence. Thank you. Allegedly. I did, yeah. yeah. I said allegedly. I know. It just took, allegedly. It took too long. <laughs> I was getting scared. <laughs> allegedly um, mm-hmm. abused a ex-girlfriend of his. We have a bunch of episodes talking or a couple episodes talking about it whatever um basically too many episodes talking about it i wish we didn't have to talk about it i know i wish we didn't either i wish we didn't have to talk about it now but anyway Mm -hmm. that's why we call him the rat and so casper rude bageled him in the third set which means that he won six zero and the zero looks like a bagel so i was jokingly calling it a rat bagel because Mm -hmm. there's nothing i love more than watching someone i hate with every fiber of my being get bageled like that is my top tier top tier Chef's kiss. Thank I can I can think of service. one thing that I prefer, but I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> you know what it is. <laughs> does it involve does it involve Borna Chorich and no. you? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, one thing that, that I prefer seeing happen to rats, but you know. Yeah. That was a different semifinal. But still, mm, lovely. Anyway. Yeah, the Novak thing was was cool. I was much happier about Casper in general. I think that video that came out of him like greeting his family and specifically Maria, it's going to be very mm-hmm. hypocritical for me to say this, but it was very cute. <laughs> and um, Sorry, knowing what the rest of this episode is about just makes me laugh. I know. But Casper and Maria are very cute. And that's it. Maria you know, is they were Casper's very girlfriend, by the mm-hmm. way. Yeah, and for it's... the uninitiated. Do you have anything else to say about Novak Djokovic? Here's the thing. Uh, I want nobody to talk to me about Novak Djokovic and his 23 slams outside of this exact moment. Because I may be laughing <laughs> on the outside, but 
I am so fucking bitter, Miranda. You have no idea how fucking bitter I am over it. I'm so salty. I'm so mad. Um, Specifically because this happened at Rolling Garros. If it had happened Mm -hmm. at Wimbledon or the US Open, I probably would be less bitter about it. But I'm really just like, it feels like a slap in the face to me as a Rafa fan. But do you think this is how Croc fam people felt when Rafa got 22? Maybe? No, 21 at the Australian Open. But he wasn't actually, never mind, because he wasn't pulling ahead of Novak when he got 21. 21. He was tying. Because Novak has gotten to 23 with Roland Garros and Wimbledon. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So at the time he was tying. Okay. So it wasn't, it wasn't the same, but still. It wasn't. And Croc fam's gonna, Croc fam, if you find this and you start Croc fam's gonna Croc fam. Croc fam's gonna Croc fam. I don't give a fuck. Um, Croc fam is the name for Novak Djokovic fans. If you hadn't picked that up from context clues, I don't know why I'm being so beginner friendly today. But you it's really just are. I'm like, okay, girl. I think it's because I feel like a beginner because it's been so long since we've done this. It's been so long. It's oh, just no. it goes to show how how shitty Roland Garros was. This is gonna piss off Croc fam. It's a good thing Blue's not around. Do not put this on my dog. <laughs> my dog is a Daniil Medvedev fan through and through. They were born almost in the exact same day. Daniil's also a crocodile. Let me live. He can be a Grigor fan now and make your mom real upset. <laughs> oh my God. She'd be so pissed. She'd be so mad. No, I feel like Roland Garros is very much synonymous with Rafael Nadal. I'm mm-hmm. so sorry, but I do not feel the same. I don't think the same can be said about Novak Djokovic and the no. Australian. So I, yeah, I would agree with you there. And I think like, is there a statue of Novak Djokovic outside the Australian Open? No, 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 there's not. When it's, when they change Rod Laver Arena to Novak Djokovic Arena, maybe I'll feel, maybe I'll change my statement. <laughs> I don't want no. them to do that to Rod Laver Arena, but they can do it to Margaret Court. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, no, 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 no. They have to pick an Australian woman. Don't give no. the, don't give the woman's court to a man. Isla Tomjanovic Arena. <laughs> Honestly? <laughs> Where is she, by the way? I know we're going to talk I about Breakpoint later, injured. but like, where is she? If the Breakpoint curse, she might be real. I don't... I, don't talk to me about the Breakpoint curse. Like, we're... Mateo pulled out of Queens this morning. Like, I'm upset. Look, I'm so sorry, but I will sacrifice Mateo if it means that Nick Kyrgios has a bad season. Okay. He'd have to play first. He did. He played one match and lost, and I was so happy. Uh, slay. It was the best day. Thank you, Yibing Wu. My lord and savior. Woo. Woo. (laughs) Okay. Is that disrespectful? That might be. Probably. But whatever. Okay. So yeah, as we said, like, Rolling Girls really just didn't hit the same without Rafa, which I didn't, I don't know if I realized that that would be the case, but that was very much the case. Like, it just wasn't as good. (laughs) Mm -mm. Like, it just really does not hit the same. Mm -hmm. It just does not hit the same without him. Which is so... I hadn't realized, and maybe I should have, but I hadn't realized how much Rafa affected my opinion of Roland Garros. Because I said, I think on a previous episode, the last episode, that Roland Garros is my favorite, not only my favorite slam, but my favorite tournament. Yeah. And this year, I was, like, devastated. (laughs) Yeah, because it's, like... How bad it was. Frankly, when Rafa's not there, you're like, oh my god, these matches are so long. (laughs) Yeah, and frankly, I'm like, this is boring. So long, and it's just I don't know. It's so French in the way that like you so know the crowd oh my God. cheering and stuff, and I I just I don't know. It's it's tough. It's real, really a problem. I think the other problem too. I was talking to my um my family about this. Did your mom wear the Rafa shirt when like on Novak's final day to bring any good no. luck to Casper? 
She didn't. Okay. She didn't, unfortunately. Were they rooting um, for she- Casper? Oh, my God, okay. yes. Okay. Oh, my God. If there is one person that my family cannot stand, it's Novak Djokovic. Okay, fair. And this has been true for, like, a bazillion years. Like, <laughs> us and hating Novak Djokovic goes back a long way in the family lore. Wow. It's, it's a big thing. Because um, my dad was a Federer fan. He was devastated when he retired, by the way. Um, and my mom and brother and I are Rafa stands, so no room for Novak Djokovic. Basically because Novak Djokovic is an asshole, but we don't have to get into it. I mean, your dog is Croc fam, but again. <laughs> He's a Daniil Medvedev fan. How many times do I have to tell I don't you? I know. He looked real glued to the screen when when Novak was playing. <laughs> I don't know. It was also because it was also because Karen was on screen, okay? It's Karen. Okay, your dog stands Karen Hachanov. I'm I'm here for that. Okay. Karen Hatchanoff is really hot. Why wouldn't he stare at the screen, screen intently? Fair. <sighs> Roland Garros was just real French this year. Speaking of French, can <laughs> we just... I didn't put this on the the, the okay. outline, but I did have a flashback of Taylor Fritz's match against Arthur Rinderknecht. Mm-hmm. Rinderknecht? 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 I don't know how you say that name. Don't know. Content. Um, Arthur. <laughs> Ali. Content. Ali's. <laughs> I said that the other day to my mom, and she, she was like, who the no. fuck is that? No. I'm like, you don't know Katar? I'm sure she would know oh. if you, like, wrote down his name. Wait, hold on. Let me listen to Arthur Rittner Knetsch talk, say his name. Does, do you think he has It'd one? Like, I think he would, yeah. If, if Quentin Alice does, Arthur Rittner Knetsch better. It's probably, like, Arthur Rittner Knetsch. I don't know. It's, his last name's German, actually, so he might pronounce it German. Oh, I don't have but... my headphone. Plug- oh, I'm playing a dangerous game right now. <laughs> oh. Okay. Arthur Rinderknech. It's easy. Rinderknech. Anyway, so Taylor Fritz played him. And of course, Arthur Rinderknech is uh, French. Mm-hmm. And so the French crowd was huh, rowdy as fuck because mm-hmm. Arthur is the last Frenchman in the draw. Basically, Taylor wins. It's a dramatic, maybe not even a dramatic, but like kind of a dramatic fourth set. He's like, the crowd's getting into it. They're like yelling in between serves and stuff. And when he goes to serve... He wins the match. He hasn't said a word the entire time. Hell yeah, he does. And he turns around to the crowd and starts like shushing them. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he gives an on-court interview. And um, uh, Marianne Bartoli um, is trying to get the crowd to calm down. And she she asks him a question. And he's like, you know, I just really felt the love from the crowd. Like, they really wanted me to win. So that's why I won. And mm-hmm. if you didn't love Taylor Fritz after that, I don't want to be friends. Yeah, no, I love iconic. him. I love him I love so him much. Um, I also being. loved him in that silhouette video when they were like, whose silhouette <laughs> this is, is this? And he's like, it's Francis, obviously. Francis. And they're like, why do you know it's Francis? It's because his ass is sticking out like a foot. And he means a foot as in the, the term of like the measurement. He doesn't mean it's sticking yeah. out in the way that a foot would stick out. <laughs> yeah. Because it could also be taken that way. But um, no, I just love Taylor Fritz. And the thing that I wanted to say about the um, shushing incident was, I don't know if you watched Morgan's vlog from Paris, mm. Katie, but she um, showed that apparently after that match, they were getting threats and stuff, and they the <sighs> tournament gave them a bodyguard who was, like, guarding their hotel room and stuff, which is very, God. like, wild to me. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, people get on Americans for having, like, craziness, like, around the Super Bowl, but, like... Which is also craziness. I will agree with that. Mm-hmm. Like, sending death threats to people? Like, 
y'all, this is a game. Can I just remind y'all that this is a game? Yeah, I don't know exactly what the threats were. I didn't know that Arthur Rinderknecht had that kind of stand-in. <laughs> I'm kidding. Like, <laughs> Arthur Rinderknecht? No, because it's not. Uh, Micronation? Really came due, from people. With all due respect, it's not about that. It's about, like, he was no. the last French person. And then I did love yeah. how um, Alina Svitolina was sort of, like, honorarily French in a way, which I yeah. thought was frankly precious um yeah the whole like like, uh, storyline with her and gael was just nice in general i think um for the most part there was some bad parts of it again going back to the french crowd but it's fine we don't have to talk about that it's it's (laughs) It's wta let's stay in our lane um anyway so yeah i just like what is what is the french tennis federation doing honestly here's the thing I don't mind the time at French Tennis Federation. I mm-hmm. think, you know, they got a lot of young players coming up. They got a lot of oldies still kicking. Richard Gasquet. <laughs> that man yeah. is 110. Content uh, Ali. Speed Stefanos. <laughs> at least every time it gets me. Um, but what's happening with the LTA? Yeah. What's going on with the British? Okay, here's the thing you say what's going on with the British, but if any British person you talk to would be like, well, the a British man and a British woman just won Nottingham, and you're like, okay. Who was on the draw? Who? Andy Murray. Also, it was Andy Murray, and it was Katie Bolter. He's, look. I think. And here's the thing. The LTA has been doing some really weird shit, and I don't know what they're doing. That is making all of their young players, like, super injured. I don't know why that is. But also, I'm just going to say that three of the top, like, 15 or 10 doubles players are British. So, mm-hmm. the Brits are doing well in doubles, and nobody gives them any appreciation. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. How's everybody's Thanksgiving going? <laughs> How's everyone's Thanksgiving going? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm wondering if they're, like, are they just really heavily being, like, okay, we can't win anywhere else, but we're going to make sure <laughs> they can win grass and like just absolutely eat the girlies up we'll see i mean cam nori wimbledon champ when would uh, i would love to see it <laughs> katie do you think that like you didn't even really care when he made the semis did you i didn't i did not care i knew him as the guy who rode up who rode the bike through yeah. <laughs> london the hedgehog man now i'm here truly about to sacrifice my life for cam nori wow i love that man with every inch of my being it's the dogs. He posted some dog content on his Instagram. Oh, and that gets me every time. Mm-hmm. He's also just gorgeous. So speaking of semis, speaking of semis, one of the things that I was noticing was like in both of these tournaments, there was I say both. Sorry, I'm talking about Rome and Roland Garros specifically. But in both of those tournaments, I don't know if you felt this way or noticed this, but it felt like there was a lot of hype going into the semifinal matches. But obviously, at Roland Garros, there was like the semifinal match between Novak Djokovic and Carlos Alcaraz, and then the one between Casper Ruud and Zverev. Less hyped, but you know, overall, people wanted to see it. N- not me, but some people. Not did. me. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> and then in Rome, obviously, there was the match between Stefano Tsitsipas and Daniil Medvedev, and then there was the Casper Ruud Holger Runa match. In Rome. Mm -hmm. And both of those matches, so like all three of the ones that people were like really hyping up, we were expecting really good things. And then all three of those matches were like a little floppy. Mm -hmm. And I just like, are they being overhyped? Are the boys getting less dramatic? Like what, what's going on here? 
Is, I mean, that's not the boys being less dramatic. It's not the situation at Roland Garros. It's more the situation at Rome. Like, shape up, guys. Yeah. Bring a little more drama, please. I'm begging. I don't know. Like, I think uh, overall, this is just my way of like segueing us into talking about that the match between Carlos Alcaraz and Novak Djokovic was a little disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was disappointing. I just. Here's the thing about hyped matches and hyped matchups mm-hmm. is. They always sometimes disappoint unless they you're like... They always sometimes disappoint. Look, <laughs> really pop up and up since 5 a.m. Let it's me okay. live. Okay. <laughs> anyway, the thing with really hyped matchups, when I get them too hyped in my head, it's just like when I read like a really hyped book, mm-hmm. or, like I'm like really excited for this book and it like doesn't live up to my expectations. Like most of these hyped matchups really come from the fact that these people had you know, rough matchups in the past. So like mm-hmm. we're not always going to get the same kind of level of drama in a new match whereas like i'm trying to think of a recent example but like oh, if you have like a random match between like two lower level players where they start getting scrappy like that kokonakis jamie munar match yeah from, i'm like, also Madrid. thinking of the holger runa maxim cressy match in oh yeah marseille montpellier whichever one it was something french something yeah. french i don't know yeah like those are unexpected ones where you're like oh I'm going to tune into this because it's drama, Mm -hmm. you know, but like sometimes you just can't rely on the drama of like a previous matchup. And like, that's just unfortunate. So I think it's just, I think it's an us problem, but Mm -hmm. the boys also need to start bringing it. Okay, please. You know, cause the, cause the Carlos and and Novak match should have was, had a good storyline to it. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm, and, and honestly, I do think the pressure got to Carlos. I really yeah. think it did. I think he was really tight at the beginning, like really tense. And I think that affected him later in the match, especially it was, as it was really hot that day. So mm-hmm. <sighs> disappointing, but... Not surprising. <laughs> not surprising. Ooh, we have a, we have a comment from our uh, backstage person. Okay. I always see the Twitter girlies talking about Wanki coaching the fuck out of Carlos. Mm-hmm. What was all that coaching when he was against Novak? I didn't notice it. Maybe the boxes at this tournament specifically though, I do think the boxes are a little further away. Mm-hmm. I I also think different tournaments, the cameras focus more on the coaches. Because mm-hmm. like, I actually don't think, like, I don't think Wanki actually like coaches Carlos a lot more than other players do I think it's just a yeah. lot more obvious because they keep showing him when they're in Madrid and the Barcelona. oppo effect too yeah <laughs> like yeah it's the oppo effect of it all except it's the opposite of that because everyone loves Wonky <laughs> how he coaches Carlos and nobody loves how oppo does it mm-hmm. um even Steph <laughs> even Steph I really thought that was a breakup post oh. um speaking speaking of relationships um mm-hmm. But no, uh, just don't know how to use grammar. So that's great. But we already knew that. Do you have anything else to talk about before we get into really the main event? Which, by the way, this is like a really strong episode for people who say that this podcast uh, has a main character. And that main character is Stephanie Sitsipas. Oh, God. Banner episode for (laughs) y'all. Here's the thing. I wish I had more to say so that we could just avoid this topic. (laughs) I but, will um, say, Katie, uh, before we talk about Sisidosa, we were having, and we haven't done this in a long time, but we were having some Stefanos psychoanalysis hours after his mm. loss against Carlos. And we were just sitting kind of like, I mean, we mm. were trying to figure out why he seemed to be so okay with losing in that match. And mm-hmm. I'm so, sort of like, why are you not more angry? Like, why are you not more devastated? Why don't you feel like you should be beating 
Carlos. I don't remember what my thought... Okay. My thought was, it's coming back to me, that, like, it was a protection mechanism so that he, Mm -hmm. like, he had that limiting belief so that he's protected and, like, doesn't... It doesn't hurt as bad when he does lose because he, like, expects to, I think, right? What was your rationale? Because I feel like now we kind of know what the... um, reasoning was what was the reason now we know what was yours i feel a little vindicated in my reasoning Mm -hmm. because i was saying that it just seems like steph just doesn't care about tennis in the way that he did before Mm -hmm. which i think is true but i was trying to figure out like a reason why he didn't seem to be caring the same amount that he previously had yeah and and i had agreed with you as well that i thought it was a defense mechanism of like not caring as much so you know, he forces himself to not care so that, like, he doesn't have to be hurt when he, like, loses and doesn't try. Mm-hmm. Which is very Nick Curios, by the way. Very Nick Curios. Honestly, though, it's also a little bit Danya. Yeah, it's very Daniel mm-hmm. Medvedev. It's very Daniel Medvedev. A lot of them do it. It's it's just a thing. I think they'll probably... There's very few players that don't do it. I think Carlos doesn't do it. I know one that doesn't do it. Andre Rublev doesn't do it. Andre, Ru- well, Andre Rublev doesn't believe doesn't believe he deserves to be there in the first place. But no, but <laughs> that's he a whole is other... devastated when he loses. Yeah, he is. He is. Who did he I lose just... to? Who beat him? Lorenzo Sonigo. Oh my God, Sonigo. I now I have beef with Sonigo. I remember defending Sonigo and being like, "He's fine. What's wrong with Sonigo?" No, no, I now, I have beef yeah. with him now. Being Andre, beating Matteo. I should have known. Should have known. I told you. I Didn't told he you. Beat Daniel I... in Adelaide. Mm, no, I he beat be Daniel somewhere, but it wasn't Adelaide because um, Daniel lost oh, to Novak in. Uh, where was that though? Paris. Was it Adelaide one and not Adelaide two? No, it definitely wasn't Paris. I think um, Demon beat him in Paris. Oh yeah, you're right. Because I was supposed to see Francis, Francis. Tiafo versus Daniel Medvedev, which would have eaten would have slapped oh yeah Ugh, i was supposed to see so many good matches in paris like imagine if i had seen rafa versus uh pcb oh my god and uh, once again <laughs> france robs us of happiness no that was oh my god france. paul that wasn't france <laughs> but still it was it was oh. still in france oh my god speaking of when will my love a man i don't know return from work being injured like where is pcb I am actually like heartbroken, devastated, screaming, crying, throwing up about that. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, just had to put that out there because uh, I miss him more than anything else in my entire life. PCB is MIA. I'm in Spain without the S. Mm-hmm. But I do feel, I feel just so vindicated in my hatred of Sonigo, which I'm not going to say hatred. <sighs> he beat Andre. I have to hate you. But I'm I do sorry. need him to chill. Anyway. Um, okay, yeah. let's talk about Sitsidosa. Speaking of people okay, need fine. To chill. Speaking of things I hate... <laughs> Katie, be nice. Just kidding. Okay, chill. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm here for. <laughs> so, okay, we're going to talk about Tizidosa, and I feel like this is really, like, the big happening of Roland Garros for <laughs> non-Croc fam. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say annoying people, and then I was like, no, because I have been paying way too much attention to this so it's like a cell phone (laughs) if i say that anyway it's been like this has been very exciting and frankly i want to say thank you to them because they really did (laughs) spice up what would have been really boring like thank you i wish we just stayed boring (laughs) (laughs) be nice (laughs) so mean 
So anyway. I am. I'm so sorry. Anyway. She's so, like, bitter. I don't know. Jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I did my due diligence. Um, shout out to at only Sitsidosa on Twitter who helped me with this. Um, you're the best, <laughs> I guess. <Slay. laughs> and um, I have put together a full, like, definitive, it seems, timeline of the events leading up to their public relationship announcement. And, um, you know, I don't know if they've technically confirmed a relationship in the traditional sense because they haven't said, yeah. like... In a traditional really, Pop, sense. Really, they've said they're soulmates. I, that's Katie, that's let confirmation. Me talk, please. Because they haven't said, like, oh, we're boyfriend, girlfriend in the Ken and Barbie kind of way, but they've said they're <laughs> literally soulmates. Like, I. Uh, the soulmates of it all is a lot. Especially when I go through the timeline, you'll be like, hmm, interesting. If anyone doesn't mm. know this timeline. Anyway, so um, the first event on the timeline that I have is March 7th. Way back when at Indian Wells, everyone remember when um, Stefan Paola played a mixed dubs match with Maria Zachary and Cam Nori. Shout out to them. Like, they were there for history. Do you think they knew? Do you think they could feel it? No. No. I don't either. <laughs> feel what, babe? <laughs> feel what? Um, and this is at Tiebreak Tens, the Eisenhower Cup in Indian Wells. And in an interview during the same event... The Eisenhower Cup at Indian Wells. Paula hints at wanting to be engaged to her boyfriend, Juan. Just interesting, you know, just interesting things. Mm -hmm. And then fast forward a couple months. So now we're in May, May 5th. Rumors swirl that Paula is now single because her longtime boyfriend is not seen in her box at her home tournament in Madrid, where, again, she actually lost to Maria Zachary. (laughs) So, again... It's all the weird synchronicities, invisible string vibes. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, the other thing that I want to say is like they have responded and interacted with a lot of things about like synchronicities and being like, oh my god, it was fate, it was meant to be. Like, it's not meant to be, you're just dating your coworker. Like, get, like stop. Get a grip. <laughs> I I don't know. Um, anyway, then on May 12th, Paula actually posted an Instagram story denying that she had broken up with her boyfriend, but also on May 12th, she deleted that said Instagram story. So unclear on that. Unclear. Any thoughts, Kitty? Because I do feel like that really, like, spices things up. May 12th. It, it, that's why, <laughs> that's why I laugh so much about this relation, this relationship, mm-hmm. um, and them calling them each other, like, soulmates, and they were fated to be together. I'm like, is this not just a rebound, babe? Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems really fast. And, like, I'm not here to, like, criticize or... Sometimes when you know, you know. Yeah, maybe, you know? And if they're really that happy, great. I love that for them. I said this to Miranda when she was talking about doing the segment. <laughs> Here's the thing. I really don't give a fuck. Um, but it is interesting about the fact that she... Because... I, we thought, I was like, oh, she like broke up with her boyfriend. That's like really weird. And then it was like, oh, nope, she didn't. So I was like, oh, okay. So like when all of this started happening, which you'll get into, but when all of that started happening, I was like, isn't she still in a relationship? Like, mm-hmm. isn't she still dating Juan? Like, I mean, we haven't seen a post-coital selfie in a while, but like, <laughs> you know. Not the post-coital selfie. The, the prevailing theory, like this is not confirmed, but something I just want to note is that Paula and Steph both played severely rain-delayed matches in Rome on May 16th mm. and 17th. 
unclear on like exactly which days they would be, but like May 16th, May 17th. And here's the thing, they were supposed to play on opposite days. So just imagine like if Rome's courts had roofs, these soulmates never would have found each other, which is, you know, it's important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So important. So important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on yep. May 22nd, some fans first discovered some Instagram likes, which if we know anything, the Instagram like is telling it's gospel mm-hmm. it's telling and these dated mm-hmm. back to may 9th unclear if they you know went back and liked things or what but you know the likes appeared and um also on on may 25th this is another important part of the story because they have been using the green hearts as their like color for symbolizing mm-hmm. their relationship i don't know why i think maybe uh, probably because tennis balls are green maybe because tennis balls are green maybe also because they wanted us to think Spotify. Oh, okay. Because I think they wanted people to find the playlist on Spotify. That's a deep leap for you okay. to take that I don't think I don't think is um I don't think Steph's capable of making that leap. I don't know Paula enough to know if she's smart enough for that, but we'll go with that theory. Okay. Is that the meanest thing you've said about him? I don't know. No, but basically saying that he's too dumb to set something up like that. Yeah, he's not quite like just, Taylor Swift mastermind. Mm. He's, I wouldn't even call him a mind, let alone a mastermind. <laughs> Damn. And then um, the first Instagram comments come out on May 27th. And that's when people are really like, oh, there's something happening here. Like, you don't just start commenting out of the blue. They've never been friends before. Like, people are like, no, this is, you know, this is a thing. And then on May 28th, this is the first one that I could find. But this was the first, like, head point after every Rolling Girls win. So something's happening. Mm-hmm. The thing for me that really made me think, I hope they're dating, because otherwise this is really fucking weird, was Mm -hmm. um, when the family members appeared in each other's following lists. So, like, Oppo started following Paola or something, and Steph started following Paola's little sister, who's, like, 15 years old, and I... Someone pointed this out to me, and I was like, if they aren't dating... I am not the 15-year-old. If he's not dating Paola, I'm deeply concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's that's weird. It's honestly, it's still weird even if you're dating. Like, I don't know about, well, I don't know. I don't think that's the weird. I don't think that's weird. I think it's <laughs> when it comes to this relationship, I think this is low-tier weird. It's true. It's not the weirdest thing that no. they've done. doesn't even make top 10. Mm-hmm. So then on June 4th, Paula secretly attends Steph's match against Offner. She does not sit in the box. She sits like further back in the crowd, but she's there and no one notices for quite a while. So a few days, no one has noticed. Then on June 6th, Paula actually responded to a tweet implying Steph's headpoint thing is a reference to her. So people are like, okay, they're definitely connected. They're following each other's families. Like they're tweeting about each other. Like it's, you know, things are happening. Things are heating up, but there's no definitive proof. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then also on June 6th, just to give you like a point of reference, that was the day that Steph lost to Carlos in the quarterfinals of Roland Garros. So up through this point, he was playing matches in Rome, playing matches at Roland Garros, etc. And then on June 7th, someone finds the Spotify accounts and uh, Tennis.com publishes photos of Paula at Steph's match. So they had this mm-hmm. since June 4th. Like, the guy who wrote the article for Tennis.com said that, like, he knew on the day that Paula Bedoso was watching Steph's match, but they didn't publish anything, which is, like, nice of them, I guess. Is it nice or is it all... You know, I don't know. Mm. You know, yeah. is it is it nice? I don't I don't know if it, I don't know if I'd call a journalist nice, or is it just you know, 
an elaborate PR move. Okay. And then, yeah, someone finding the Spotify was interesting. I know because I pay attention, I knew Steph was an Apple Music girly. So I was like, interesting. You know, like he doesn't just Mm -hmm. randomly have a Spotify account. Unless he's using it to make joint playlists with, with his girlfriend, which or I just think is funny. Or to post his own lo-fi music. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He has an artist playlist, but it's this one yeah. isn't connected to his artist playlist. No. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and the profile photos on the Spotify accounts are uh, like selfies of them together. And my first mm-hmm. thought was like, oh, those are clearly photoshopped because one of them was in black and white. And that's always the move when you're trying to like doctor two mm-hmm. photos to look alike. Like you put them in black and white. But no one recognized those photos from other places. And it was like, no, I think those photos are real. So um, that's when people knew. And and then there was the hard launch on June 10th. <laughs> Keep in mind, Paula on May 12th posted an Instagram story denying that she'd broken up with her boyfriend. And then on June 10th, hard launch of the Sitsidosa Instagram account. Whatever the opposite of a reputation era is, this that's what they're doing, I think. Mm-hmm. So, Stephutation era. More like Stubber. It's more like the Lover era. No. <laughs> Am I wrong? Uh, <laughs> I don't like it. I just don't like it. Yeah, lots of, like, people talking about this. I feel like this was the only thing anyone was talking about on June 10th. I'm not even kidding. You know... <laughs> I am so grateful that they launched on June 10th because I was at my niece's birthday party. So I didn't get to see, I didn't have to see any of it in real time. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> like, thank, thank you, Sitsidoza, for <laughs> doing that for me. You're welcome. You should love them now. They did that just for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And then uh, on June 14th, there were these exclusive photos that were posted on a Twitter account owned by a fan, not by Sitsidosa themselves. So clearly they're like providing fan accounts content which makes you think did they send mm. the fan account the spotify thing like i don't think someone found that i think they might have sent that to someone yeah yeah so and then on june 17th paolo posted a delivery of roses so i'm thinking putting the pieces together i'm mastermind now um you are i think that's like a month anniversary gift because their okay. matches that they played on the same day, I think, were on the 17th. And then she's getting roses on the 17th again. Like, I think it's an anniversary situation. A month anniversary mm. because it's been such a short amount of time. Yeah. And, I mean, they've given interviews and stuff. And, like, fully, well, Steph has given an interview. I don't think Paula has. But it's fully, like, confirmed. It's fully a thing. Um, Steph credited mm-hmm. someone that he quoted on Twitter. So, like, they're growing. They're learning. The brain is cooking. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know if the oven's on, but the brain's in there. Okay. And as of June 18th, Steph has not won a match uh, since their relationship rumors started. So that's something to keep in mind. How many matches has he played, though? At least two. At least one. Two. Two. One. I don't know. I know he's only played one. So uh, it's a misleading statistic, but. (laughs) Oh, let me live. Let me live. I'll let you live. I'll let you live. I thought you'd be here for me defending Steph for a hot second, but all right. I'll go back to being a hater. So, Katie, you. Don't like Stephanos, it's boss. But you do like Paola Bedosa. I do. Mm-hmm. How does this change the way that you feel as a fan of one, but not a fan of the other? You know, my mother always tried to check, teach me, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all. However, we run a podcast and I have to say something. You so, actually don't. Like, you don't have to say anything that's that mean. You ask me a direct question, babe. I'm going to answer it. <laughs> no, here's here's the thing. Uh, I don't like Steph. I find Steph to be very immature. 
and uh, he's a plagiarist and has said some very questionable things. Also, just the plagiarism thing has really never been that big of a deal to me. Like, it's tweets. It's, you know, whatever. It's not like, I'm not like mad. I'm not like, oh, you should cancel him over plagiarized tweets. But I'm like, this man doesn't have a single original thought in his head. And like, if he does, he just like doesn't say them and decides to take other people's words, which I think is just stupid and silly. But those are some of the reasons why I dislike Steph personally. Here's the thing. I I really do not care. Here's the thing. I really don't care either way of what they're doing. I really don't. That's dead bottom line. I don't care. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it's about you caring. I'm saying it's the way that people are talking about them that I think is kind of, like, not great and, like, makes me take their side more. Okay. I can understand that. Sure. I I do think there have been some people who have been out of line with it. Mm -hmm. Like, there was, I saw a tweet of someone being like, oh, we know the exact date Stefano Sissipas lost his virginity. I'm like... Do you really have to tweet that? Yeah, that's an insane thing to say. Like, I'm sorry. What? Yeah. What is that about? And, like, I've seen some weird tweets about Paola as well and, like, real slut-shamey ones about her, too, which Mm -hmm. I don't like. So, and also, I just, I also want to say, if you really like Sitsudoza, that's great. I'm happy for you. I'm not going to be someone who, like, shits on the fact that you love them. That's great. I'm glad you found something. They're just not for you. Like I, yeah, they're just not for me. Like I'm sure there's plenty of things that I've talked about. Like my love of PCB, I'm sure is not for anyone else. Like (laughs) except for like one Twitter user that I'm constantly reposting (laughs) or uh, retweeting Mm -hmm. their PCB fan cams. Like I'm sure you're like, God, Katie, shut the fuck up. Nobody gives a shit how much you love this man. Um, None of my criticisms that I ever give towards these people or whatever ever goes towards like the fans of them unless it's like alexander's rare fans and then i yeah mm-hmm. i am criticizing you but so yeah has this i did you answer my question of like how has this changed your opinion of both of them um here's the thing about steph i don't think i could like him less damn is that the way i want to you say don't it? think you could like him any less i mean there's nothing redeemable he like, if he okay like if he murdered someone you wouldn't like him less yes. I think I would like him less. Yeah, sorry. That was not what I meant to say. If he got ugly, you wouldn't like him less? (laughs) (laughs) Frankly, I don't care if he gets ugly, quote unquote. Because like, here's the thing. I I told this to to you, Miranda. I don't think I said it on the podcast. But... It's hard to remember sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes it is hard because we talk so much. With Steph, like, I can agree. Like, yeah, he is aesthetically a handsome man. Like, Like, I know that he is an attractive guy. I however am not attracted to him anymore mm-hmm. um so like i don't find him attractive for me mm-hmm. am i gonna sit here and say he's ugly no i'm not gonna do that so like frankly don't like even if you're like wow stefano's got really ugly i'd be like okay <laughs> whatever yeah it just i don't know it just it doesn't make me like him it doesn't make me dislike him either i just think he's silly and uh, you know mm-hmm you know, I've said, you know, I've said my piece about how yeah. much I dislike Stefanos. You, so you're saying now you think he's silly. Do you think he is more silly or less silly than he was before this happened? I think this is all in character for him, if I'm being completely honest. Okay. Like, this is not more, like, this makes, this tracks for Stefanos, in my opinion, and what I know of him. Actually, the more I think about it, though, I think this is a little bit more genuine if it is just seems like puppy love. Mm-hmm. At the very least. Because some of the shit he says, I'm like, 
you sound like you don't even know what those words mean <laughs> that you're saying. Which, I mean, he, yeah, he's having to, he's having to express these feelings in a different language that's, like, not his first language. So, you know, maybe it's a little harder. I don't mean, like, his feelings about Pell. I mean, like, sometimes, like, he talks about, like, he's so wise in, like, interviews and stuff. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe he would okay, sound yeah. a lot wiser if he was speaking Greek. Maybe. It's all Greek to maybe. me. <laughs> it's all Greek to me. Don't, yeah. But how has this changed your opinion about Paula? I still think she's really hot. I'm still going to watch her play tennis. I just haven't really paid attention, just, like, more currently mm-hmm. to, like, her stuff. Because that and think stuff about... from mental health problems were from last year, from Yeah, what are the other like, early things that people know so. about Paula Bedosa? Like, another thing that people know is that her friendship with Irina Sabalenka. And, like, that's a part of mm-hmm. Paula's personality that you enjoy. No? So, like, yeah. generally, she that's was... True fairly likable before right like fun likable she gives a good interview she she makes a good gif i'm thinking of that video of her like showing someone on her Uh, something on her phone like Mm -hmm. she is funny and interesting and all of these different things so i don't know i don't know i'm I'm pushing back a little bit on you being like i'm still gonna watch her play tennis because that's all i did before i didn't know anything about her personality like no you do have an idea of these people's brands and what I'm trying to think about is like how does this impact the way that people think about both of them for me personally it doesn't make me think less of her because she's dating Steph I guess is bottom line but I'm also not it's not the other way I guess it's the same way with Stefanos I don't think more of him because he's dating Paola okay so but But that could change too it could. It could. I'm trying to really, like, suss out where you stand because I am hearing you say things and I'm thinking, I don't fully believe you. <laughs> here's here's the thing. What if I'm not even standing on anything? I don't stand on any mm-hmm. of it. Well, you do. Ha- where are you sitting? I'm not where sitting anywhere. F- where have you collapsed? Where are you down? <laughs> are you just floating in the ether? I, I, I'm sitting over there wondering about my man PCB and you're over here showing me, showing me pictures. And I'm like... <laughs> Everything I've learned about Sissadoza has been against my will. <laughs> this whole conversation has been against my will. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. No, that's, that's, a joke. that's a joke. I don't know. I do think like part of it has to be there are certain brand decisions that are being. And I see a lot of people being like, "No, there's no way that yeah. this is like a PR relationship. They must really feel this way." Mm. Uh, to which I say, both things can be true. As as Taylor Swift once said, yeah. both of these things can be true. <laughs> anyway, we're. I'm gonna be paying a bit of attention to Sitsidosa because I just, I don't know, I'm curious about, like, I just, I find it really interesting and I just am, I'm interested in figuring out the ways that it makes people perceive them differently, I think ultimately is like Mm. where I'm landing because it is Mm -hmm. any like bit of information that any person shares, specifically a public figure, like, is going to slightly or less slightly or very drastically change the way that people feel about them. And to me, like, Mm -hmm. I just don't think that, I don't think that they could start a full Instagram account without thinking in some way this is going to impact, like, my brand as Stefano Sitsipas, my brand as Paula Bedosa. Speaking of brands, drives me mm-hmm. up the wall. Insane. That one of them is Adidas and one of them is Nike. I find it <laughs> physically painful. Oh, that's... 
didn't expect that one. I really didn't. <laughs> you didn't expect that to be what I said? Or what do you mean by what didn't you expect about it? I didn't expect that oh, to be what okay. you said. I did not expect that to be what drove you up the wall. I don't know what I was expecting, no, but it wasn't it's that. that. Frankly, that's the most annoying part of this whole thing to me. <laughs> Tracks for you, though. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, oh. No, and I I don't know. I just, I, I will be paying attention. I think this is interesting. Do you think Breakpoint Season 2, the Roland Garros episode, what else do they talk about? I guess maybe like Casper making it further. Like, I think that's one thing they talk about. Yeah. Holger. Would they talk about Sitsidosa? Quite possibly. Which um, is one of my crack theories of like, did Netflix set this up? I don't think Netflix set to this make an up. interesting plot line. I do think it's interesting. And we'll talk more about Breakpoint. But in this next batch of Breakpoint episodes, Steph is involved, but he's not listed in any of the, like, episode descriptions or anything at all. Like, they're clearly going to showcase mm-hmm. the match that Nick played against Steph at Wimby. Like, they're clearly going to have that episode, that that match in an episode. They showed mm-hmm. him in one of the trailers, etc. He's done sit-downs. Like, he clearly gave them so much access, too. And it's just, like, it would really yeah. make me so annoyed if, like, he, he was doing so much. He, like, read that Netflix book in a vlog. Do you remember that? And yeah, now he's not in it at all. Like, that's annoying. And it's kind of funny. I do wonder, though, like, is he worried about how he's going to come off in that episode? So he needs to, he knows he wants to Mm. appear more like soft, cuddly, I think. Yeah. Whenever I notice, whenever he like shaves his beard, I feel like he looks so much younger and more like innocent. Mm -hmm. And when I say younger, I mean he looks like his age when he shaves his beard because, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I I just, these are things that I notice. And if he shows up to some of these matches, like in Halle or something, and he is beardless, I, I might think that that's a branding decision. Makes you think. I think that's the thing with all of these players and part of maybe why I've I've started to just like not really pay attention to stuff is just because we talked about this before, but there is something a little bit off about his like vlogs that just seem a little bit too. Yeah, it's tailored, a lack of authenticity. Bit, yeah. And so his lack of genuineness and authenticity is part of the reason that I can't really find myself giving a fuck about Tsutsudoza because I'm like, you know, it's just a lot of things that Steph does and Steph says, I'm like, I just don't believe you, bestie. I don't know. Like, I just really don't believe you. I'm like, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't believe I, you. I tend to be skeptical of the things he says, but I also don't think he's a good enough actor to be able to, like, convincingly have those facial expressions in these videos and things like that. Like, I think he's just awkward. Like, I think that that's ultimately where I came from. Like, that yeah. dancing video in the gym that literally made me nauseous. Like, <laughs> like mm. genuinely, mm-hmm. like, I full body chills, like, nausea. It was bad. I'm, ick- I'm icking thinking about it. I'm so sorry. Thinking about it is painful. Anyway. I wonder if the awkwardness almost comes from his, like, he knows that he has to be a certain way because he's on camera and he's trying to come across mm-hmm. a certain way, but like he's not good enough at coming across that certain way. So it not only does it come off disingenuous, but it also comes off yeah. awkward. And it's just like he's just not he needs some he needs some media training is really what he needs. No, I think he just needs some like <laughs> human training. Like I think he's fine when it comes to media. The problem is when he comes to like 
trying to be himself. Like, I think he's thinking too much about the media side of things. He's thinking too much about, like, how he comes across, which is frankly why I was kind of excited for him to get a Netflix episode or something, because I want an episode featuring him that he's not in control of, because I think, like, he's much more likable and stuff when he's not the one in control of the edit. Yeah. Which is crazy. Which might be part of the reason why he's not in any of the episodes, because he was trying to be too controlling. No, I don't think they they would have let him. I don't think, like, I don't know. Or if he's trying to be, like, if he's just annoying or, like, I don't know. Like, yeah. his his footage might not have been good. It's <laughs> entirely true. And, like, be in this, like, reality show that they are making seem mm-hmm. like real life. Like, there's a very specific vibe that you have to keep in order to keep the audience engaged in a way of, like, oh, this is realistic. I also think... Unless you, like, are there in the Were trenches. his results good enough to warrant like when they would have been i guess finalizing episodes of breakpoint and stuff you're coming off of probably the u.s open where he was out first round Mm. and like wimby he didn't do great roland garros wasn't his best and like it's so slam focused that i think that's why it's really easy to pick like pick Matteo Bertini, because he was on the slam the other way, and he has the relationship side, so like, his results weren't great, but there's the relationship thing. Yeah. Then you have Nick Kyrgios, like, who obviously is making it to the slam final at Wimbledon, so you have that, like, context as you're re-editing the beginning part. Then you have Casper, who obviously made two slam finals, so you can, like, talk about him a bit. Like, I think that having that kind of context, mm-hmm. that's why there's so much about, like, Ons Jabur. I don't know why. I couldn't tell you yeah. why there's so much about Paula Vadosa, mm-hmm. but that's fine. It's because she's yeah. really hot. And that's the same reason why there's so much about Mateo, probably. But, like, Breakpoint yeah. Season 2, Mateo hasn't been really a factor in the first half of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. Nick Kyrgios obviously hasn't been a factor. It's been so nice. I just, I don't know. This is one of the questions that I feel like I could ask toward the end once we really start talking about Breakpoint. But I just don't know what that first half of Breakpoint season two is going to be about. I don't know either. It should be about Tennille. But because it's only about slams, it's not going to be about Tennille. No. But here's the thing. If you could make, like, a really good... Oh, I think it's about Tommy Paul. They followed him in Australia. They followed Tommy Paul and they followed Holger Runa. And they followed Lorenzo Musetti. Though they're, you know, I get their choices, but also at the same time, I'm like... Lorenzo? Are, like, that's like, a weird one. Rando. Mm-hmm. Oh, Yannick. He's hot. He has the hotness factor, though. Girlies are going to tune in because he's hot. That's, like, that is part of yeah, it, unfortunately. The... I mean, fortunately, for some of who's us. Who's the but... Charlotte Claire of tennis? <laughs> right? Who's the sh- I mean, Charlotte Claire also kind of has a tragic backstory maybe, and nepotism. Maybe so... Steph would have been featured in Breakpoint Season 1 if he didn't shave his face before the tournaments that they were focusing on namely madrid and wimbledon and did, was he shaved for atp yeah. i think he was shaved for the atp finals mm, he had some scruff i don't think so i'm he thinking about between. those photos but anyway i'm thinking about the match against daniel though and i think he had some scruff there stefan but i was mostly focused on daniel there's not enough there no, there's not enough, but there's some. He's not like, because like at Wimby, he was bald. fully clean shaven. <laughs> bald. 
Anyway. Bald to the face. So that's, well, let's, okay. Let's move on from Rolling Garros. Let's move on from Sitsidosa. Let's start talking about grass. So lots of early floppage from grass. our faves Ugh. on grass. Andre hasn't played a match yet on grass, but soon. Matteo Bertini soon. lost the first round at, uh, what's that tournament called? The Boss Open. Uh, the Boss Open. In Stuttgart. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, Daniil lost really early in Den Bosch and... To Adrian Manorino. Speaking of the French. <sighs> Speaking of the French and also my mm-hmm. enemy. But I will say, mm-hmm. I think the finals there were fun, kind of fun. I mean, we're recording on Sunday, so they happened today. Mm-hmm. Francis Diatho won his match in Stuttgart against Jan Lennart Struff. Struff? I don't know. Struff? Strudel? Struff? Struff? Um, Strudel? <laughs> Strusel? <laughs> And then uh, Talon Greekspor, who is Dutch, won his match against Jordan Thompson. Jordan Thompson. Cool. A name I haven't heard since he beat Stefano Sitsipas in Indian Wells. <gasps> True. Oh my gosh, though. I watched a lot. Actually, weirdly enough, I watched a lot of Birkenbosch. D- I would just say Denbosch. Denbosch. Mm-hmm. I watched a lot of the Dutch tournament. <laughs> Um, because <laughs> weirdly, <laughs> there are a lot of old players that I have not thought of them in a while are coming back to play mm-hmm. tournaments. And I'm because like, they're like these young kids can't play on grass. I have a chance. <laughs> yeah, they're literally like, okay, these bitches can't beat Novak. I'm coming back, and I'm like, you know what? Love to see it. So I surprisingly watched like three Jordan Thompson matches by accident mostly but i i really enjoyed the final the final was really good it was very fun it was very mm-hmm. entertaining like it was actually an entertaining grass match which usually those things do mm-hmm. not go together but um it was very fun to watch helen Greekspor come back and the dutch crowd was like going crazy and wild and it was just you know it just softened my cold dead heart Cute. and uh i love that i love all the dutch players to mm-hmm. be quite honest um Thanks, Bodic, for Thanks, that. Uh, um, so, Slay Talon. Kulhoff and Skubsky? Uh, Skubsky is them? not Dutch. Which one? Um, Kulhoff. Kulhoff okay, is. Great. Wesley Kulhoff is. However, <sighs> to go back quickly to, hear to them, Rolling Garros. I had to hear the Dutch national anthem today. Because it was a Sunday with a Formula hey. One race, and every single one you have to hear the Dutch national no. anthem, because Max Verstappen won't stop fucking winning. Because he won this race with a dead bird in his wing. I just... Oh he ran into God. a bird. Why does that track? I know he didn't like mean to, probably. I don't know. He could have he could have braked correct. for ten seconds and still won the race. <laughs> one thing we didn't talk about with Roland Garros though is the kits. Is the fits. I don't remember a single one. It's already been out too long. It's true. <laughs> However, the one outfit that is embedded into my brain is is what what monstrosity they put Wesley Kulhoff in, which was this weird rainbow striped rainbow, shirt and pride. pant combo combo. <laughs> Happy Pride. Um, except Wait, that it I was actually it. a crime against every single person. I need to. It's so fucking bad. I, I literally, I turned it on with my mother, and they showed, and I was like, "What have they done to my boy, to Wesley Coolhoff? I don't. Even, what have they done to my boy? I usually oh, like wait. looking at you. I can't do this. The... Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's like a circus tent. It's a circus tent. It's not like if you were gonna give a Pride look, like. Bestie, that's a hate crime. Whatever you, the sponsor it is. Anyway. Wait, those, the the photos that I'm seeing. Oh, it's the same kid. Okay, he hasn't changed kids. I, yeah. hot take. I don't hate it. Okay. Oh my God. It's a hate crime, Miranda. It's a hate crime. That's kind of fun. Oh my God. Wait, have you seen the full sweatsuit that's on his Instagram? 
Oh, no. No, it's no, from no, no, a while no. back, oh, no. but he's got a full... Oh, okay. It's like, it's that, those colors, but over the whole thing. I don't know. It's like, he's like candy oh. colored. It's cute. I don't know. I don't mind it. I, I hate it with every inch of my being. Honestly, there have been worse kits that they have put him in, but this one's not mm-hmm. been good. Anyway, they lost, so I didn't have to watch them play in it very much. So that's fine. Oh my God. His dog mm-hmm. is really cute. This is how I get you into doubles. No kidding. No, the dog's not there, I don't think. But his dog is cute. Do you know his dog? I need a dog Instagram from them. Julie Gerges, get on it. Who's that? His wife, I'm assuming? His his, his wife. She also played tennis, so. Don't they all? Oh, my God. Stop. This photo is so cute. Oh, my God. (laughs) Stop. That's so cute. Anyway, fully in my doubles era, but we're not here to talk about it, so. I had a good time with the doubles championships for Rolling Girls. Not so much singles, oh but... Oh, this dog. Oh, I just liked this photo on accident. Whoops. <laughs> Speaking of the Boss Open, one thing to keep in mind is Matteo lost early in Stuttgart. So he's now withdrawn from Queens mm-hmm. and he has fallen in his seating. Devastating. Quite low. And it, it looks like mm-hmm. Matteo is not going to be seated for Wimbledon. And I was thinking about it. Oh my god, my mouth just dropped I was like, <laughs> think about which seed is going to get him at Wimbledon. And I swear to god, if it's Andy Murray, I'm going to lose my mind. I kind of need it for the plot, Miranda. It would be good for the plot. We're lacking in plot. The We're pacing lacking. has yeah. been off. <laughs> oh my god, that that there was no high tower surprise. What the fuck? Nobody gets that except for <laughs> if anyone's no, red safe. But the here's cat. the thing, Katie. The bad guys are certainly closing in. The bad guys are here. The bad guys have been here. The bad guys been. So one of the things that's happening this next week, besides tournaments, uh, Queens and Halle are happening this week. The new episodes of Breakpoint are coming out. There are five of them that are coming out. So just as a quick rundown based on their summaries so far, episode six is going to be set at set oh my god (laughs) episode six is happening at Wimby and this one is featuring Nick Kyrgios and Isla Tamjanovic so um it's gonna be Nick Kyrgios coming in ready to prove himself in these summaries Uh. there's no mention of the stories about his abuse um allegations that he had uh pleaded pled guilty to nothing about that in here so keep that in mind with a grain of salt and um then Isla Tamjanovic who I how did she do? I think she did okay at Wimbledon, she but did okay. I, I don't say, know. Like, to me, it just final, seems maybe? they also can't have Isla in you know the first part of season two of Breakpoint. Also, because yeah. like where has she been? She literally hasn't played since like last year because she pulled out of Australia. So interesting. I don't know. Um, and then the like essentially. What this plot comes down to is when one player challenges the tournament's high standards of decorum, will it cost them everything? And it's like, well, we know that that's Nick Kyrgios. And actually, no, it didn't cost him everything. It really just cost him about like $15,000 in fines, which is frankly not enough. Mm -mm. And I just, you know, I just love how challenging high standards of decorum is acting like an asshole and having abuse mm. allegations come out about you. Mm-hmm. I think the real challenge to decorum is banning players because of the country they're from, but maybe that's just me. Okay. Well, look, um, we'll get there because I do think they kind of have to talk about that, but it's fine. Anyway, then there's another episode about Wimbledon, episode seven called Saints and Sinners, which the fact that it's not about Yannick. Oh, is a crime. actual crime. <laughs> 
how dare they use that title when he's um, right there and not going to be in the episode. Yeah, especially because he had kind of a fun Wimby as well. Yeah, great Wimby. Ugh. Anyway, devastated. Um, so that episode is going to be about Anz Jabur, who had the episode in Madrid where she won the tournament and then now, you know, going into being the runner-up, I guess. Spoiler. Spoiler alert for last year's Wembley. <laughs> in that episode. Both of the runner-ups here. And then uh, Nick Curios also in this second episode of Breakpoint as well. And then um, it essentially goes through them both being in the final. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. About Novak Djokovic and how he's unlikely to be perturbed by chaos. Could never be me. The one good thing about Djokovic. He's he's unlikely to be perturbed by chaos. He's likely to but cause. But he loves causing yeah, it, doesn't he? he causes chaos. The man's a maniac. Mm-hmm. The man's a menace. Both on court and off. Like, the man's crazy. Yeah. Actually insane. Then there is the episode called Fairy Tale in New York. So we go straight from Wimby to the U.S. Open, Great. which is very funny to me. Like, <laughs> Lovely. I do feel as though they kind of made this show in order to promote the tours and, like, does it? No. no. It just promotes the slams, which people already know yeah, about. it's really... <laughs> and here's the thing, like... If you're watching Breakpoint, you think they play tennis five times a year. <laughs> which is so fucking Six. funny. <laughs> because they play all fucking year. I know. They never stop. They never, it's always happening. Like, I'm exhausted and I don't even play. I just watch. I know. And it's only June. It's, it, it, we're halfway through. <laughs> like, what? So, anyway, Fairy Tale in New York. It's another Isla Tomjanovich episode. Hold on. Wow. Clearly riveting. Sorry. Uh, Fairy Tale in New York is another Isla Tomjanovich episode set at the US Open. Obviously, we know Isla Tomjanovich um, came up in the draw against Serena Williams and the women go head to head in a third round wa- match. I wonder who's going to win. I wonder. And um, it's about Isla like dealing with having everyone against her. It seems like this is an Isla dedicated episode. Like she's the only current player. It's going to be like, you know, I'm sure they have Patrick Moritoglu mm-hmm. talking about Serena and everybody else giving their like quotes about Serena. But um, yeah, overall, I think this is an Isla episode. Which I'm actually kind of excited about this one. I think this one will be interesting mm-hmm. um, if they do it right, if they do it well. So yeah. we'll see. High expectations. I probably won't reach them. But. I think this next one will also be, these next two are the, the I guess, really the ones that aren't about Nick Curios are the ones that I'm Wow, so about. surprising. Because I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited about this one in New York about Serena and Isla. And then I'm excited about episode nine, which is called Under Pressure. And this one is also set at the US Open and focusing on Isla. <laughs> I love Shriotek. <laughs> she wishes. Iga Shriotek, um, and Carlos Alcaraz and also Francis Diafo all in the quarterfinals. And obviously it seems like the match that they're going to focus on is Francis against Rafa, which then, you know, we know he wins that one. And then obviously right after that is Francis versus Carlos, which we know how mm-hmm. that went as well. Um, so this one, it seems like it's very much the Francis Tiafo episode. Sorry, Iga, but I think that's fine because I don't think she gave them great access. No. I'm not sure, but, Probably not. you know, I think Francis did. Yeah. And um, Francis is also American. The other thing. So makes sense. I have heard that Francis Tiafo is very much like the star of the second piece of episodes. Like this set, like Francis is the one that people come away with being like, you know, Francis Tiafo, he's the man. 
As they should. Yeah, as they should. And then we have episode 10, One Last Chance, which I kind of forgot that this was what this episode 10 was going to be. And episode 10 is the HPWTA finals. So this one is focusing on uh, the men's tournament in Turin and then the women's tournament in (laughs) Fort Worth. Wow. <laughs> Two very different places, which is oh. funny. Uh, it's about Taylor Fritz getting that last minute call to come join the tournament. And it's also about Arena Sabalenka, who is trying to end the hardest year of her career on a high note. And I think in this one, I don't know how you talk about Arena Sabalenka's 2022 without talking about the Russian, Belarusian ban on things. Yeah. Um, I also don't know how you talk about her 2023 without mentioning that. But again, like it's... You know, it's happening. If they're following her, honestly, they picked a good one to follow. Anyway, so those are the Breakpoint episodes. Those will be out on Wednesday. Um, I don't know if you will hear this episode before or after that. Who knows? But let us know your thoughts. I'm going to be really curious as to how everyone feels about things. My question, though, was why is this coming out on a Wednesday? And maybe it's just me being bitter because I am going on a business trip this week. So I will, like, not be able to watch it probably until, like, Thursday night. And I'm just annoyed. But um, anyway, Wednesday is specifically busy for me. And I'm just, like, personally annoyed about it. But I thought that these things were supposed to come out on Fridays. I thought so, too. The last first part of it came out on a Friday and I did some digging you know I just I did a little a little bit like <laughs> I love this oh my god mama let's research I know <laughs> the like literal bare minimum but it's fine mm. so the new drive to survive season came out on a Friday but full swing mm. the golf version equivalent of drive to survive and breakpoint uh about the pro golf mm-hmm. tour uh came out on a Wednesday in February <laughs> which one <laughs> well <laughs> Little, little golf joke. Oh. I said, which one? I don't get it. Because there's the PGA Tour and the, the Live Tour. Oh. Now they're the same thing, but for full swing, they wouldn't have been. Okay. I'm still confused. The golf girlies will get it. The Live Tour is the is the people who tried to po the Saudi Arabian oh. government who tried to poach the golf players and make their own golf That's why tour. I blocked it out. And now it has merged together right. with the PGA Tour. Great. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Another reason for me to not get into golf. So yeah, I don't know if they're trying to capture some of the success that Full Swing, I almost said Full Point, <laughs> Full Swing had with coming out on a Wednesday. But Yeah, because Full Swing... From what I heard, was more successful than Breakpoint generally, which frankly mm-hmm. makes me angry because, like, there is an L- LPGA. Yeah. Like, you could have had women in full mm-hmm. swing and you decided not to. So it just really bothers me that tennis is the least successful one of those. I understand that's harder to make, all of that stuff, blah, blah, blah. But it bugs, it bugs me, too. me. It makes me. Breakpoint's the only one like that tennis has did. both men and women represented and it's the most it's the Mm -hmm. least popular and like part of me thinks it's because breakpoint was not done that well yeah when your first episode is about nick curios like i can't yeah in good conscience tell people i literally have told people to frankly to skip the first episode to like watch the first 20 minutes and skip the rest and like people yeah which is just like too much work people aren't willing to do that yeah people like and people when i tell them why because people like oh why is that they're like and i'd say like oh because they feature an abuser they're like okay well then i'm not gonna watch it and i'm like you know what fair you know, mm-hmm. I don't blame you. I don't blame you in the slightest. Anyway, that's our notes talk. We should talk, stop talking. We probably. should get out but, of here. Um, we need to skid out. I'm, I I hope that three of the Breakpoint episodes are good. Yeah, I wish it was more, but you know, hopefully mm-hmm. next year. I better. wish I could 
like all five. Also, honestly, here, I'll give it three and a half because I will like Anne Yeah, I love Anne She's great. Honestly, why didn't they just make her like the whole like main character of Wimby? Like, I don't know. She's so much better than Akirios. Like, who did Nikirios beat in that quarterfinal? Do you remember? Kristen Green. Because obviously he didn't play the semifinal. So like, what are they going to talk about? They're going to talk about him like prepping for the final. Like they don't even have any tennis to show because he wasn't playing any. Like, I don't know. I just I don't, don't. They'll probably just show don't parts think, from the I still don't think he earned match. it. No, he didn't. He didn't earn it at all. Also, because uh, the only reason Christian Green got through is because Matteo Berrettini uh, was sick with COVID. That's who Nick would have played in the quarters was Matteo Berrettini. What could have been? What could have been? Honestly, the only thing that would save... We talked about this earlier. I don't know if this ended up in an edit or something. My boy, Matteo. A a Taylor Fritz, Matteo Berrettini final at Wimby. That's all we want. And we're not going to get it. And I hate it here. Especially because these boys are so afraid of Novak Djokovic. They're like pissing their pants thinking about him. And I'm just like, I hate you all. That grass video made me so mad. Who would you want in the place of Matteo Berrettini? Who would you want? Because Taylor Fritz, I think, could still make it there. Yeah. He definitely could. Who else is like grass king? Who did Taylor lose to last week? He lost to Strufi, I think. He lost to Strusel. Strusel bun. Strusel, blueberry Strusel. That's what I call my dog. I call him blueberry Strusel <sighs> oh. sometimes. Oh no, he lost to Fujovic. Right. He beat Aslan Karatsev and then he though. lost to Fujovic. <sighs> Honestly, not surprised about him beating Aslan. Aslan's not that good on grass. I think if I had to have my my dream Wimby, I think it would obviously be Taylor Fritz. Francis Tiafo. I mean, Francis Tiafo <laughs> would be a good one. But I was thinking he'd be her catch. See, I would appreciate that. Dead silence. Love that. <laughs> See, as a great. I like QB, so I would enjoy it. Here's the thing, Katie. One thing, one thing we forget. Go on Ultimate Tennis Statistics and look at the difference between Andre's performance on hard grass and clay. It is like exactly the same. Oh, is it? Yeah, he like wow. his performance across all surfaces is so similar. Let me get the actual percentages. See, I just I forgot about that because he played like one tournament yeah. on grass he last year one and grass flopped okay. spectacularly. <laughs> Okay, so his overall win percentage is 64.6%. He has a 64.4 on hard, a 65.3 on clay, and a 64.7 on grass. So they are all so similar. He's an all-around amazing player. Yeah, which, like, if you want me to look at, like... Daniil Medvedev, for instance, hard, 75%. Clay, 51. Grass, 66. <laughs> like, not everyone is like that. Andre specifically, like, one thing about him, he's gonna be consistent. Yeah. That's why he's always consistently, you know, in the top. He's always playing, you know, getting <laughs> That's why he's always consistently getting the quarterfinals. Except for this time. We really didn't talk about Andre like at all today. Um, I'm going to be honest, there's not really much to talk about with Andre, except for the fact he still hasn't released Rublo and I Yeah, need that's a weird. That's weird. I need also, a hoodie. So if he doesn't have hoodies, I don't I don't think people saw a hoodie in the teaser video and the girlies are going to be upset if he did not release hoodies. I'm going to riot. You yeah. know, I, I I retweeted from um our friend Slayer Fritz um mm-hmm. about how I forget exactly the wording, but basically that there is going to be some murder happening. If Andre Rublev does not release soft, comfy, 
crew neck sweaters. Yeah, but here's the thing. Maybe they won't be released because I think, like, he wouldn't do it unless he could do it correctly. It's true. Which I do Katie, love him, that about him. If you had to wear one of those Play for the Kids um, <gasps> of oh, with the... Antarctica t-shirts, Play for the Kids of North yeah. America, Play for the Kids of Asia, which one would you want? <laughs> I want... Because I kind of want a Play for the Kids Antarctica t-shirt, like, <laughs> as for the meme. <laughs> Me too. I also I saw um an edited one that is play for the kids um and it's Pangea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so true. That Do you think Andrea Rublev knows what Pangea is? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Do you think Stephanie that... knows what Pangea is? No, I don't. <laughs> Do you think Felix Oje Aliasim knows what Pangea oh. is? <laughs> Oxford knows what Pangea is. <laughs> totally. We just rank, tier rank the players based on um, how much we think they know about Pangea. I think Taylor Fritz does know what Pangea is. I think his son knows what Pangea is. So true. Is. Jordan Fritz 100% knows. Jordan Fritz knows what Pangea is. Could draw Pangea. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure about Taylor Fritz. I think Cam Nori knows Pangea because that's where but he's, he's from. But he's a man of the world. He's actually yeah. from Pangea. <laughs> That's his home continent. It's his home slam. It's Pangea. Play for the kids of Pangea. It's one kid. It's Cam Nori. It's Cam Nori. Oh, my God. Okay, we're we're done. We gotta go. Bye. Bye.